On this prequel episode, we're discussing our rear window poll and previewing Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Well, welcome back to This Film's Lit, the podcast we're talking about movies that are based on books. We mentioned it, but we are getting into our summer series. Last summer, it was Harry Potter. And that stretched on. And that, yeah, that one went a while because, yeah. A few more that. books there. But this one will also take a while because we're putting some time in between them like we did yeah. with Harry Potter yeah, or some we, of the Harry We Potters. need a, a little bit of buffer time to read these. Uh, yeah, if you haven't read uh, Lord of the Rings or haven't read them recently, they are quite lengthy and dense. Yeah. Uh, and they take some time to get through. I'm not nearly as far through it as I should be at this point. Yeah, but. me either. <laughs> um, and I, I do read long books pretty frequently, but these ones... They do take some time to parse, yeah. I think. Yeah, Tolkien's style is definitely not a super a super quick read yeah. style. <laughs> um, so we do not have a learning things with this film is lit this week. We are working on one. Uh, we're gonna we want to have one for one of the next Lord of the Rings uh, prequel episode. Uh, we're kind of figuring out what we want to talk about and taking some time to yeah. uh, to work on that. Um, and a, a lot of our ideas are a little bit more involved and are going to involve a bit more research. Yeah. So we want to take our time um, and do that correctly and have a really good segment for you guys. Yeah. And we also have uh, a bunch. I have a bunch of movie notes, including mm-hmm. a fun game that we're going to play. Uh <laughs> That I think you and the listeners will enjoy, um, and that's going to take some time. Uh, and I'm sure you have a few book notes. Yes, I do. So <laughs> we're just going to do those instead. But first, before we get to our uh, Lord of the Rings preview, let's talk about our poll. What happened with our poll for Rear Window? Um, so it didn't get a ton of votes again. Because oh, nobody's I, read yeah, this. I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Um, but we did get a couple of good comments from people okay um ashley on facebook uh said that she liked both but the movie edged out the book um she also said i thought it was just better represented in a visual medium like katie i felt like i had to reread passages to figure out what was going on sometimes which was something that i talked about in our episode was having to like read and reread yeah um and then shelby on twitter um, said that she liked the short story's atmosphere, but also preferred the movie. Um, she said specifically she liked having um, Jeffries having willing co-conspirators, mm-hmm. which was something that we I talked, talked about. about that, yeah, yeah. Um, and that she thought the detective's involvement was more believable in the movie, which was something that I'm now mad at myself for forgetting to talk about no, in we the did, main didn't episode. We? we talked about it a little, um, but in the story, he specifically sends two cops to search the apartment, oh. like without a warrant or anything. And they just do it. Yeah, and they just do it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess the author like didn't know how that worked. Yeah. Um, so uh, or he just yeah. or he lucked out and got crooked cops who were just like, sure, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Shelby and I both felt that that was maybe more accurately yeah. presented in the movie, where the detective was like, "Yeah, I'm not." Yeah, I'm not do doing that. that. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so I felt validated by these go. comments. Thank you for providing them. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to running these polls for our Lord of the Rings. I think series. we'll get a lot more feedback. Yeah, I on think them. we'll get a much better response. Yeah, than we've we been got a getting. pretty good response on uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, did we not? Or one of them? We got we got a pretty good response like a for Hitchhiker's Guide, but I'm not sure. 
I, I don't know how much that was affected by the fact that you made a controversial call no, with enough. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Well, we got a fair amount of comments on the Instagram. But I thought even we had a number a vote number of votes on like Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. I thought we even had, yeah, there and, were and they more. were pretty even. Like I, some people agreed to the movie. Now I, I would imagine that some of those people had never read the book and just voted for the yeah, movie. Yeah, potentially, probably, but who knows? Um, that is the one of the downsides of our poll. It does kind of require you to have done both <laughs> have in done order both, to like yeah. honestly participate in that poll. <laughs> we're asking you which one's better, uh, and if you haven't won read it, then you know. I mean, you can still vote, but I, yeah, we're, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know, but it's not quite as un, as honest of a vote because you're not comparing. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to this. I think we'll get more more of a response, um, and I think I think no matter what we do, there'll be a little bit of contention, and yes. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I yeah, I think so too, and I think especially because we're going to we're both reading the books mm-hmm. like we did for Harry Potter. And we're probably going to have a guest host of some sort yeah. without getting into specifics um, to kind of play the non-reading role. And so I, I think it could, I could I wouldn't honestly be surprised if we even because we will both pick which we thought was better. And yeah. we may have. Uh, yeah, it we may be not pick the same thing. Disagree. Yeah, I, I have what I think my picks will be going in, having seen the movie so many times and having read most of the books mm-hmm. a while ago. Um and now rereading the first one, I still have a feeling what I think I might end up picking, but I'm not sure. And I'm interested to see once I get done with yeah. these, which way that goes. And same for you. So, yeah. yeah, I think it'll be controversial either way. And I think people will be interested in uh, getting their voice heard yes. about that. So people definitely have strong feelings about this series. Yeah. Books and movies. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, speaking of Lord of the Rings, let's get right into that and preview Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the book. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Believed lost for centuries, it has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? So I tried, I tried the best I could to narrow my facts to just volume one. Yeah, which was it was a little little bit hard. hard, So this it's similar for the movies to be fair. This first time it it is a little bit more of an overview, but I'm going to try not to repeat book facts. Mine is the same way (laughs) because of the way the movies were made. Mine is very similar. So, Uh, so Fellowship of the Ring, obviously, if the first of three volumes of the epic fantasy novel, The Lord of the Rings Uh by J.R.R. Tolkien. Yep. Which that's correct, right? Tolkien? I believe Tolkien. Okay. That's how I've always pronounced it. Um, So it is considered one novel in three volumes. Yes. Um, it's not like technically not like three yeah. separate novels. Um, he initially, or sorry, I skipped one. It was first published in 1954. Okay. Got that. Um, and he initially envisioned it, The Lord of the Rings, as a single volume that was divided into six subsections. 
Which which my version, I don't know if yours is this way. My version of Fellowship is split into two books. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's book one and book two. Yeah. Um, so that would be make like sense with the his ring six... sets out and then the ring heads south or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, so he, he initially wanted it to be six sections along with extensive appendices. Yeah. Uh, Famously. <laughs> which, um, that's not, not how it ended up. Yeah. Really. Uh, but it was the original publisher that made the decision to split it into three, three volumes instead. Okay. Um, so after the success of The Hobbit, mm-hmm. which was published in 1936. Um, so a I didn't good, realize good, that was that yeah, far Yeah, it was a good bit of time. Seven, like Almost years. 20 years yeah. before. Um, publishers asked Tolkien for a sequel. Uh, he came back at them with The Lord of the Rings, which would go on to become his most famous work, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, and he actually originally intended Lord of the Rings to be a children's story, more in the vein of The Hobbit. Yeah. Um, but as he was writing, it very quickly grew a little dark, a little serious. Um, so even though it is technically a sequel to The Hobbit, it is intended for a more adult audience. Yeah. It's also, there's no way that, I, I reading the book now, kids can't read this book. No. <laughs> like, not or disregarding any amount of adult subject matter or anything mm-hmm. that happens, uh, you know, violence, that sort of being more dark. This is so dense yeah, and wordy. Just, and it's and, too and, dense. And there's so many names and like keeping it all straight would be impossible. It would be a nightmare. Which is one of the reasons I struggled so much reading them when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. I loved, I remember loving the movies, seeing the movies when I was 14 or whatever. And then trying to read these as like a 14 or 15 year old. And just, it's like, I mean, you can do it. I read the first, I read the first two and most of the third one. But man, it's not. Yeah. I, but I remember I read The Hobbit several times and liked that. It felt a lot more digestible to me. The Hobbit is the definitely Hobbit. Yeah. a children's book. Yeah. Um, but but these are are not. No. No. <laughs> um, but what I do think is interesting, having read like the first couple of chapters, um, where I am right now, is that I feel like I can kind of see that in the very beginning, where yeah. it's a little more whimsical. Yeah. And a little like more humorous. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't stay that way. No. Um, so Tolkien spent over 10 years writing the whole thing, the whole shebang, um, with the support of his famous writing group, the Inklings, um, other members of which included um, Owen Barfield, Neville Coghill, uh, Hugo Dyson, who supposedly could not stand Lord of the Rings, hmm. um, and most famously C.S. Lewis, the author of yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, was also in the same group. Um, so in a talk reception of the Lord of the Rings a little bit, um, the poet W.H. Auden wrote a positive review in the New York Times. Um, he said it was exciting. Uh, he said that, uh, Tolkien's invention is unflagging. Um, and he also said, I thought this was kind of funny. The Fellowship of the Ring is at least as good as the as the 39 Steps. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Okay. That's why I thought it was funny. Um, however, he noted that the light humor in the beginning of the novel was, quote, not Tolkien's forte, hmm. um, which I kind of disagree with. I, thought I, it was, yeah, I, I thought like the, the light the humor. The humor in the beginning has actually been pretty funny so far. Yeah. Um, this is not 
um, something from when it was first published, but I wanted to put this in here because I thought it was interesting. Um, Michael Moorcock, who is another science fiction fantasy author, um, he's critical of The Lord of the Rings. Uh, he wrote an essay called Epic Pooh, um, in which he equated Tolkien's work to Winnie the Pooh and criticized it, um, among other works, for its uh, Merry England point of view, like that kind of focus on the like idyllic pastoral um, time period that didn't actually exist. Right. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of received like mixed-ish critical reception. Some people really liked it. Some people really didn't like it. Um, you know, not all that different to how people perceive it today. Yeah. Um, but uh, its mainstream popularity really kind of took off in the 1960s, um, thanks in part to the publication of paperback editions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the literary success of Lord of the Rings, on the other hand, took a little bit longer. Um, that didn't really start to happen until close to the end of Tolkien's life. Um, he died in 1973. Um, so that was, you know, 1970s and then on into the 1980s. Now, of course, Lord of the Rings is the subject of a pretty damn significant body of academic research. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, mainly, uh, not just, but mainly um, as the grandfather of modern fantasy. Yeah. And in regard to the creation of fictional languages, because um, Tolkien was a linguist. A linguist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and on that note... I'm assuming I don't need to spend a lot of time telling everyone how influential Tolkien was on the fantasy genre. Yeah. Um, but there's a reason that the modern fantasy landscape looks the way that it does, and yeah. that reason is Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, so yeah, despite whatever thoughts you may have on reading the series, uh, if you like, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Game of Thrones, the television show, you can thank <laughs> J.R.R. Yeah. Tolkien that that exists pretty much. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting. The books are an interesting topic. So uh, I have a lot of facts about the movie. So let's get in. Before we get in, I looked up what the thirty nine steps is. It's a uh, a, ser a series of five novels um, from like the twenties or thirties mm -hmm. or something uh, about a uh, a man who it's like a spy thriller. Basically, it's about okay. a guy who's like uh, on the run. He gets accused of killing like a spy, and then he has to go on the run. Or something. So it's kind of like a, an action adventure, like hmm. spy thriller thing. And there was a film adaptation cre or, uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock hmm. in 1935. So, oh, I think I have. Maybe I thought that was called something else. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but if you like Lord of the Rings, it's as least as good as the 39 They're completely steps, different genres, so. <laughs> I, I feel like. So but, maybe you try that one as well. But I guess the fellowship part where it's like on the run and they're like traveling and maybe yeah. there's some similarity there yeah. is why you compared it maybe. I don't know. Uh, without knowing much about that other book. But anyways, let's move on to Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the film. I know what I must do. I'm afraid to do it. One does not simply walk into Mordor. There is no other way. There's something down there. Precious. So, boy, I have a lot of stuff here. Uh, and this isn't even beginning to cover it. This movie had a <laughs> wild and, and twisty-turny... Uh, 
production process um, and, and pre-production and everything. And I'm sure a lot of people probably even people that listen to the show know more about this than I do or, or remember stuff they've heard from watching all the special features on the extended edition DVDs and all that sort of thing where they talked about all this stuff. Um, but it's a 2001 film directed by Peter Jackson. Uh, just kind of some base stuff here. It was nominated for 13 Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Sir Ian McKellen. And it won four Oscars, uh, one for cinematography, one for makeup, one for best original score, and one for visual effects. Which is not a small feat for a genre film. No. And we'll get to it with The Return of the King, but everybody knows how that one went when it got to the <laughs> Oscars. I believe it was also nominated for 13 or 11 and won every single one of them. Uh, J- uh, Peter Jackson first came into contact with Lord of the Rings uh with the 1978 Ralph Bakshi version, which we just mm. talked about the other day because <laughs> the movie Wizards, which is another Ralph Bakshi film, was on TV. And we were, and I was like, hey, it's the guy that did uh, Lord of the, Lord of the animated Lord of the Rings. So he saw that and intrigued him. And then he read the book on like a single like 12 hour train ride or something mm-hmm. um, and kind of fell in love with it. In 1995, uh, Jackson was finishing The Frighteners. Uh, he was considered doing considering doing Lord of the Rings as a new project, and he wondered why nobody else seemed to be doing anything with it because he, you know, he thought it was this great story. That why is nobody making anything with this? So Jackson and his partner, uh, who is his writing partner, directing partner, and also his spouse partner—I don't mm-hmm. know if they're married or they have two children together—Fran uh, Walsh. They teamed up with Miramax boss Harvey Weinstein uh, to negotiate. With Saul Zaints, I don't know how to pronounce that, who had held the rights to the book since the early 1970s. I don't know who Saul Zaints, Z-A-E-N-T-Z is, but apparently this person had the rights to the book since the 70s. So he was just like sitting on them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, maybe a producer. So I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and uh, Jackson and Fran Walsh with Weinstein pitched an adaptation of The Hobbit and two of the films based on the Lord of the Rings series. So they were going to make three total films. One of them was going to be The Hobbit, and two of them were going to be The Lord of the Rings. Oof. Uh, there was a, and then it gets crazy. There was a whole bunch of issues with rights and who who thought who had the rights for stuff. And then also Jackson was offered to do a remake of King Kong, mm-hmm. which eventually he does do. And that got everything all muddied up. And he was going to do, go do King Kong, but then he ended up not doing King Kong until later after he finished Lord of the Rings. But it, So there was all kinds of stuff going on. But a um, bunch of stuff happened, but eventually they started working on a script. And originally, the way this was going to work when they were going to make it two films was that the first movie would cover books one, two, and some of three. What? All the way up. Basically, what I read was all the way up until the death of Saruman was when the first book movie was going to cover. And then the second movie was going to be just the rest of it, which is just basically the Battle of Minas Tirith, kind of. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this version was wildly different from what we ended up getting. Uh, here's some just a brief handful of things that were originally going to happen in that in those original treatments that they wrote. Uh, Gollum attacks Frodo uh, when the Fellowship is still united, which I believe might happen in the book. I can't remember. Uh, these characters were all included: Farmer Maggot, Glorfindel, Radagast the Brown, Eladan, and El uh, El Rohir. Are all, all of those characters are present? Hmm. Bilbo uh, actually attends the Council of Elrond. Sam is the one who looks into Galadriel's mirror, and Saruman is redeemed before he dies, among many other changes. Uh, Also, one thing that I thought was wild, when it was two movies, they considered having Arwen absorb Eowyn's role entirely and have her kill the Witch King in the final. 
they were just going to cut Aowen completely <laughs> from the films uh, and just have Arwen be that role so all the way through. So now you've got two female characters, and yeah. your big plan is to cut one of cut them. Cut one of them. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know whose idea that was, but yeah, uh, they initially so they decided it and they initially agreed uh, on a seventy five million dollar budget for two films for the two films that they thought that would work. Ended up actually taking a hundred and they realized it was going to take a hundred and fifty million after they started the beginning of the pre-production process and working mm-hmm. with Weta Studios to build sets and build props and all this stuff. Uh, and so Bob Weinstein presented a single two-hour version of the three books. Uh, and this version included completely cutting Helm's Deep, which how dare he? That's, that's a little bit important, though. <laughs> yeah, how dare he? Um, Peter Jackson was upset by the idea of cutting out half of the good stuff, is what his quote was. Uh, he balked on it, and Merrimax, who's the Weinstein company, mm-hmm. um, declared that any script or work completed by what a workshop at this point was theirs. Jackson didn't buy this. He went around Hollywood for about a month uh, showing 35-minute video of the work that him and Weta and stuff had been doing in New Zealand. Again, getting the sets and and sort Mm -hmm. of the the videos, uh, the special effects and stuff they were working on. Showed it for about four weeks in Hollywood before eventually he met with New Line Cinema's Mark Ordesky. And as everybody knows, New Line Cinema is who ends up producing these movies. At New Line Cinema, Robert Shea... Uh, watched this video that Jackson had put together and then asked why they were making two films when the book was published as three volumes. That seems really obvious. Apparently that was hyper or that was um, not hyperbolic. Uh, what's the word for um, a thing that is story that is not true, but everybody hears uh, that's got a name that I can't. Oh, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Um, a rumor? A no, myth? No, it's got a different name, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Anyways, uh, this was later corrected. New Line only made this choice for economical reasons, apparently. Not because the guy said this. This uh, It's got a... It's like hyperbolic, but it's not. And now it's driving me nuts <laughs> that I can't remember that word. Uh, so they decided to make a trilogy. Uh-huh. So then now Jackson, uh, Fran Walsh, and his other uh, partner, Boyens, uh, had to write three new scripts. So they ended up writing three entirely new scripts, uh, only loosely based on their previous treatments that they had made. Not loosely, obviously, but but like they changed a bunch of stuff again. Uh, So famously, all three of these movies were filmed concurrently over a two year period in New Zealand. All of the filming took place in New Zealand. Uh, Filming took place uh, prime or yeah, primary filming took place from uh, October 11th, 1999 through December 22nd of uh, 2000. Uh, and then pickup shots were conducted annually from 2001 to 2004, which is as they finished the post-production process on all three of the films. And each film, one of the good things, had the benefit of an entire year of post-production time before its respective December release. Mm-hmm. So they filmed all three movies over the course of about two years in New Zealand, but they filmed them in order, roughly. Mm-hmm. So like all of the Fellowship stuff got filmed first, and then they spent a year editing that for its 2001 release date. And same thing kind of as they went. Uh, the, the, the production process was not without, uh, its problems. One of the ones I saw here is that New Zealand department, the New Zealand department of conservation was criticized for approving the filming within national parks without adequate consideration of the adverse environmental effects and without notifying the public. And apparently there were some issues that they had to do restoration at several parks for the damage that happened as a result of filming and that sort of thing. So when you have a giant film crew there. That, uh, yeah, all those people tromping around. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so that was most of the notes I had, and there's a million things more you could read, uh, you could write. I'm sure I know there are like you know full novels about the making of Lord of the Rings. It's it was yeah. it was a crazy process. But the last thing I wanted to do, as I was looking at the the casting for these films, okay. I want to play a game of what role did this weird actor almost get? <laughs> so first, uh, a couple of these I'm going to say several actors. They were both considered for the same role. You're uh-huh. guessing what role? Okay, I'm guessing this the role. actor or plural actors. Are were these all for. roles that ultimately ended up with in other the movies? Pe- or are- y- yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. These are all. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I'm not guessing characters that didn't make. No, 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 no. <laughs> these are all 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 the people that are actually all characters in the film. This is okay. just other actors that were either, and I'll, I have details about some of them. Some of them were either offered the roles mm-hmm. or uh, auditioned and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, uh, first one, Daniel Day Lewis and Nick Cage were both offered this role, both turned okay. it down. Let me think. Well, Nick Cage is Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day Lewis, I mainly know from a room with a view, so that doesn't help me. Not really. Um, Aragorn. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they were both offered, and Daniel Day Lewis, uh, Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, a, a, mil- a bunch of mo- uh, Last of the Mohicans. Oh yeah, he um, was in that. That was uh, that guy. Uh, uh, he's the butcher um, in uh, Gangs of New York. Uh, he's been in a bunch, a fair number. He doesn't do a lot of movies, but he mm-hmm. does his big roles. He's like a famous character actor, you know. Right. Where he, like, I mean, like when you achieve that level of success, yeah. you can pick and choose. Yeah, right? very picky about what he does, but he uh, he gets very into his characters. Uh, they were both offered the role, turned it down. Uh, Vin Diesel auditioned for the role because as, ever as most people have heard about Vin Diesel, he's a big like Dungeons and Dragons like uh-huh. fantasy fan. He's a big nerd about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. He really loves the books, so he auditioned for <laughs> Aragorn, which. I mean, go for it, man. <laughs> but I don't think you fit. He'd so I don't know. When I think about Vin Diesel, I don't particularly strike me as like Aragorn. It would have um, had like a more of a, like a Conan the Barbarian. He just feel, does. Yeah, his, like. his his his. I've never seen him be that sort of reserved, pensive, like yeah. loner. That doesn't yeah. strike me as his wheelhouse. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh and then, as a lot of people probably know, uh, somebody else was cast as Aragorn, and they filmed for a while with a different Aragorn. Oh, uh, I've heard this, but uh, I don't remember who it is. He's not a really well-known person, but his name was Stuart Townsend. Uh-huh. Uh, he was actually cast and replaced during filming because one of the reasons Peter Jackson thought he looked too young, which if you see pictures of this guy, uh, there's only like one or two out there of him like that I was able to uh-huh. find of him in like Aragorn costume. There's other like photoshopped ones and stuff, but there's at least one picture that looks like an actual production still of him in the costume. Uh, and he does look a little too young, a little too like pretty for the mm-hmm. role. Um, uh, but he the only other thing people might know him from, I think that uh, the the biggest role that I knew him from is he plays Dorian Gray in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie, I've which is like a, it's a, not a good movie. But uh, <laughs> he plays Dorian Gray in that. Um, but yeah, he was cast and then replaced because they just. Wasn't working out. All right, next one. Lucy Lawless. What do I know her from? Lucy Lawless is Xena. Okay, okay. Warrior okay, Princess. Okay. I am on the same page as you now. Um, well, I have <laughs> I have two options here. <laughs> um, she has dark hair, so I'm gonna guess Arwen. No. 
okay. Uh, I think you. What was your other guess? I think you don't. You have more than options than you thought. You had probably at least three options, and you forgot one of them. Do I? Do yeah. I? Yeah, I'm th- assuming you're thinking of Arwen and Eowyn. Yeah. Yeah, you forgot Galadriel. Oh, Galadriel, which is, yes. Uh, she, uh, Jackson, Peter Jackson wanted Lucy Lawless for the role of Galadriel, Galadriel. but she was pregnant at the time and oh. couldn't do it. But he was, she was, he, Jackson, that was who Jackson huh. wanted for the role. I don't know, Kate Blanchett is just so ethereal. Oh, she's perfect. And I don't, I mean, Lucy Lawless could have done it, I think, but I, yeah. I definitely think, I I think every single one of these that I'm that I'm going through here they absolutely ended up in a better place with the people they got, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you, who, who's to say? You never know. Like, I'm sure Daniel Day-Lewis would have played a fine Aragorn, but like, you know, I, you know. Anyways, uh, next one. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Boy, he would have been a baby. Pretty young. Uh, 99. He's not a baby, but yeah. Yeah, he's but. Like early 20s, probably. Because, I mean, this is about the okay. time Donnie Darko came out. Yeah. Um, Legolas? Frodo. Frodo. He auditioned for hmm. Frodo. Uh, a bunch of people auditioned for Frodo, mm-hmm. uh, including Elijah Wood. And Elijah Wood was the first actor cast. He was a big fan of the books, and he came dressed as Frodo to the audition. Oh my god, that's adorable. And did lines from the book for that's them. That's so cute. And he was the first person cast in the movie. Uh, next one. Let's go with this one's easy. I'll give you an easy one that you'll get. Sean Connery and Patrick Stewart. I think this is easy. Um, <laughs> I mean, Gandalf yeah. would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, Sean Connery uh, turned it, was offered the role, uh-huh. turned it down because he didn't understand the plot. <laughs> and Patrick Stewart turned down the role because he didn't like the script, apparently. Okay. So, yeah, they were both offered, which is funny because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are such good friends now, mm-hmm. as everybody knows, because of social media. But, yeah, Patrick Stewart was offered the role. Uh, only a couple more here, and they're fun ones. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Eowyn? She was offered Arwen. Okay. But was pregnant and couldn't do it. <laughs> Or Jackson, I don't know if she was offered officially the role, but Jackson wanted her for uh-huh. the role of Arwen, but she was pregnant at the time and couldn't do it. And finally, David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> um, I mean, you. I feel like you wouldn't cast David Bowie as anything other than an elf. I feel like. Not giving anything I, away. I know, but your body language is. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess Elrond. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Uh, he again. He was never offered the role. He expressed interest in wanting to play the role of Elrond, mm-hmm. and Jackson politely turned him down, stating, "Quote: To have a famous beloved character and a famous star colliding would be slightly uncomfortable." I think his concern being that putting somebody like David Bowie yeah. in that role would, because at this time most of the actors and actresses in this movie are not huge household right. names. The biggest name is. Christopher Lee, like as Saruman, yeah. maybe like I don't know how big Kate Blanchett was at, at the, the time, time. Probably not that big. Yeah, uh, but a, a lot of the other ones weren't like really, Figo Mortensen yeah. was like a nobody who he, they found him as uh, they they cast him because they uh, one of the producers or something saw him in a stage play and was like uh-huh. he'll be good when they replace the other guy. 
Elijah Wood had been in stuff, but what, mm-hmm. you know, like he was kind of a child star and some, like he was in a couple kids movies that were kind of big and stuff. But he, again, he's not like a big, like yeah. nobody was David Bowie level. Right. Uh, uh, no, I, I can see. And especially with him being a pop star and not an actor. Yeah. I can see where the concern would be that that would be like distracting and yeah. he would become like the main focus, yeah. especially of like the advertising campaigns. Yeah. I forgot I have one more. Okay. And this is a two-person one. Just real quick, though, that would have been iconic. Oh, it would have been amazing. That would have been patently amazing. (laughs) It would have been amazing. (laughs) Uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? And now I can't remember his name. Uh, Hugo Weaving does a fantastic job. Uh, But yeah, no, uh, David Bowie as Elrond would have been incredible. Uh, My last one, I forgot I had this. Liam Neeson and Bruce Willis. Liam Neeson and Bruce Willis. For the same role. For the... um. I feel like I have guessed a lot of the main characters. I'm going to guess Legless. <laughs> <laughs> it's another member of the Fellowship, Boromir. Oh, okay, okay. Liam okay. Neeson was offered the role of Boromir, but turned it down. Oh, damn, I forgot about Boromir. Yeah. Poor Boromir. Yeah. Liam Neeson uh, was offered it, turned it down, and Bruce Willis uh, was a fan of the book. Uh-huh. And, or books, and expressed interest in the role. I don't know. He was never offered it or anything, but he wanted to play the role, but... Interesting. I'm glad they didn't cast Bruce Willis. Liam yeah. Neeson would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, Sean Bean is great. He does a probably like the one of the best performances in that first movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is. I think he does a lot of work with what he's given. Um, but uh, yeah, Bruce Willis would have been a nightmare. Again, see, Bruce Willis is one of those ones. If they had cast that, Bruce Willis is like if you cast Bruce Willis, that's what uh, an actor on the level of like that David Bowie, where it's like that's Bruce Willis. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He's a huge, he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world in 1990, you know, mm-hmm. even a little beyond his. But like, you know, it's, it's after Die Hard and Pulp Fiction and all this stuff. He's, he's huge. And they, the biggest person in the movie is Christopher Lee. <laughs> we don't need, uh, I'm saying that I'm sure there's somebody that I'm not thinking of that's like a bigger name, but I can't, I can't. John Rhys Davies, maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's like a second fiddle in hair Indiana Jones movies. Like, I, yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was all I had. I thought that was interesting when I was going through all those characters, all the other people that <laughs> we could have we could have ended up with a fellowship that was Nicolas Cage, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, Sean Connery, Bruce Willis, uh, Uma Thurman. She's not part of the fellowship, but <laughs> I mean, that movie would be nuts yeah, <laughs> if what? all of those people had been cast. Same thing for Nick Cage, though. He's another one of those people. But that's weird because they offered him the role. Yeah. But he's another one of those people where it's like Nick Cage is Nick Cage. Yeah. If you get Nick Cage in that role, it's like all I'm seeing is Nick Cage playing this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. He would have. I mean, he would have done the most with it because he's Nick Cage. I don't know if it would have been great. Nick Cage is a great actor. Not that it would have been great, just that he would have done the most. True. True. He's he's a good actor, but he just fits certain roles, and I'm not sure he fits Aragorn, yeah. so I'm glad he turned that one down, <laughs> personally. That's all I had, though. Uh, we're talking about the movie next week. One week. Boy, we have a lot to read. Yes, we do. So come back in one week's time. <laughs> Hopefully we get it done in time and don't have to push it back a day or two. Uh, but we'll do our best for one week from today. Uh, let us hear us talk about Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, what else do I say about me? 
You remind people about social media. Oh yeah, you can check us out on all of our social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, we also uh, Goodreads and Reddit. Yeah. We also, if you could do us a favor, rate and review us on iTunes. We're one review away or rating away from fifty. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything, but it's a round number. Fifty is a nice round number. So check us out on iTunes and do that. That would be cool. Give us a rating and review. And until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome.